Yeah, you want some medicinal herbs? I got them all here. Got your peyote, your ayahuasca, your psychosilin mushroom, whatever you want. I'm a New Yorker here. You want your soul retrieval? I'll get you some inner dream awakening journey vision quest. I got the best on 44th and 3rd. That's right. Oh, by the way, coming up on this episode of Open Loops, uh, we got a New Yorker here. Well, she's Slovenian originally, but uh, she's also the shaman woman NYC. She's going to talk about uh, lucid dreaming and all sorts of other jazz. Get ready, and uh, hey, you want some of this stuff? It's good stuff. Keep listening. I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, okay? Let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. You must listen to the open loops, a theme park for absurd beliefs and systems of integration between the mind and the creative spirit. Open loops. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Open Loops Conversations That Bend. It's a theme park for the intellect and imagination. If you're fringe curious, if you're downright weird, if you've got a beard and you like dressing up in multicolored suits, this is a show for you. It is a fantastic fun time. It's many fun rides. And if you want to go in a fun house slash roller coaster slash interdimensional journey, then guess what? This is the episode for you. I have Tiasha Therme. She is a actress, theater maker, shaman, and all around healer, lucid dreamer, astral projector. I mean, she's she's uh, she's a real deal. She's a real deal. Uh, You know, she says she's, well, you're going to hear why she rightfully has earned the title of Shaman Woman NYC in this episode. And this episode was originally aired live on Facebook, which is why there are references to this Starry Lights contraption that I bought at the beginning of quarantine as soon as I got some of that pandemic money. Um, it was cheap. It was cheap. It was like, you know, 
three days worth of work. But um, no, it, it's a really cool device uh, that lets you project starry images. And I was like, whoa, I'm going to like go on live and Facebook, put the camera on and even uh, put the <laughs> put the lights on, too. And I don't know how weird that was for the people watching, but it certainly made me feel like I was in a lucid dream. If you like the Open Loops podcast, please, on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, like it, uh, if you do like it, um, and then rate and leave a review. I'd appreciate it. Tiasha Fermi was very fun. I really liked having her on. And wow, let's see if you can keep up with the ride that this is, because uh, I know for sure I got high as I was listening and recording. But like high on life, like like they teach in dare in school. High on life. It was a great time. Enjoy. Folks, technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Oh my god. I think this comes with the territory. Yeah, this is do you ever have that where like I know uh, oh here we go. Oh yeah, I pray to vending machines or I pray to, you know, whenever I buy my Metro ticket, it actually works. You have to pray to your computer devices. You pray to your computer device? Yes, yes, it works. You you should you should pray to everything. Um, all the technology, it's been proven in some crazy experiments that it really does not work if you think you're gonna have problems. And if you think, if you're just like really present and giving it good vibes, then it pulls it through. <laughs> this is I watched a documentary on YouTube and I read several articles on this. It's a real thing and I practice it because I you know I don't I don't want to be judgmental. I just do what works. I'm loving this already. This is folks. Did you already you didn't even think this was gonna like go where it went? And now we're talking about praying to your laptop i mean this is what does this have to do with lucid <laughs> dreaming we'll find out um welcome to open loops we have tiasha ferme here she is Hello. the shaman woman of new york city um she is sounds very interesting everything you're up to i'm excited because you've got this lucid dreaming retreat coming up you've got this introduction to lucid dreaming um and i'm i'm excited to talk to you because you're also doing like you you're part of tra you've created i'm guessing this is your baby transforma Theater Incorporated, which so my listeners can know about, so you can all hear. I mean, this is just like, if this doesn't sound like open loops, Transformer Theater explores where science consciousness and ritual converge. All right. And then here's what I love about this, Yasha. Are you, do you live in the gut of YouTube and Ted? The gut the gut and then are you a junkie of cognitive orgasms if there's anything i want open loops to be about it's for people that are cognitive orgasm junkies it's true i'm one for sure um this is amazing i'm so happy you're here thank you for coming on the show Oh my, Greg, I'm already in love. Thank you. You've prepared amazingly. Yes, you have nailed everything that my life is about. <laughs> Encapsulated it. 
really? When did you like, when did cognitive, uh, I don't know, cognitive, uh, like mind blowing as pleasure, like when did that start for you? Because I can tell you it started for me pretty early and I've really dedicated my life to pursuing like my, having my mind blown. Like people ask, what do you wake up for every day? And it's like, I want someone to blow my brain open and like take me on a journey. When did that start? I think- I think that's a really good question, and I have no idea. I'm actually going to have to dig with you on the spot. Um, But what I can say is that maybe Jason Silva was somebody who really kind of brought it to my conscious attention. Uh, The futurist and Jason Silva and his espresso shots of existential kink or whatever he calls it, that just really kind of like gave me the edge that was boiling inside of me. Um, I was like a really sensitive and incredibly imaginative kid and teenager growing up. And my mother still says that I have very active imagination. You know, that's why I was talking about praying to the computer, but like, I just want to be tuned with everything and everything vibrates, everything's conscious and you can really, you know, tap into the universe from any given point. Like they say, all the, you know, all the ways lead to Rome. I say wherever on earth you start digging through that spot, you can come to the center. So it doesn't matter where you enter. Um, Uh, Yeah. It doesn't matter where you enter. Now, wait a minute. That's, (laughs) whoa, already my head is just. (laughs) Don't apply it to everything in 3D. I, I haven't totally descended my, you know, aliens species is just like too loud um you know like <laughs> wait a minute i feel like you were speaking in seven dimensions right now and i need to figure <laughs> i need to get to like two dimensions here with you wait a minute this is like fascinating so you are a sensitive child overly imaginative i mean did you well look tell me about this performing arts like did you want to be an actress from a young age Okay. So yes. So my dad was a rock and roll star when I was growing up and he would put me on stage and I would be like a three-year-old kid running around with a tambourine. So that got me addicted to stage, but I didn't really know it. Then I was like, I was really also a perfectionist and I'm just like, I'm a weird person. So they literally dragged me on stage when I was eight. When, and when I experienced that, and my mother said, oh, you know, what did that feel like? And I come from a totally secular family. You know, my, my, my parents are rock and roll, hippie, nudists, no religion there. Um, oh. and yes, we can talk about this later, but just to finish the sentence. And I looked at my mom and I said, I was on God's frequency. And my mom was just like, what are you that's great, honey, but like, what is she talking about? <laughs> uh, but that's yeah. what stage made me feel. And I actually think that there are a lot of parallels between, let's say, acting, between all the spiritual activities, especially sort of like um, guided, controlled intention, you know, pointing uh, spiritual yeah. activities. And let's say Carlos Castaneda, you know, Nagual spirit. Oh, of course. Of course. I was going to ask about that because you are from, you are from Mexico originally, right? No, I'm Slovenian, but. Wait, really? Um, oh, okay. Yes, where where I, do I see Mexico? Where did Mexico? Yeah, I've done a lot of shenanigans in Mexico. I mean, I think <laughs> Mexico is like sort of like my, my forming crib of my shamanic and spiritual experiences. That's yeah. where I crack over. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. 
This is very interesting. So you have parents that were nudists. Now, wait a minute. Really? What does that mean? What does that look like on a daily basis? Not, I mean, not every day, you know, even though, I mean, yeah, sometimes, you know, in passing, uh, you know, from the bathroom to the bedroom or whatever. But like, yeah. when we go to the sea, we're nudists. We're nudists. We're like nearly extinct. We're like dinosaurs. Wait, so are you telling me you lived in the community where people were not wearing clothing, like constantly, or was it just your parents? And that's something no, that I'm telling you. Just my family. <laughs> that's my what family I'm wondering. And when we go to Croatia or Slovenia or wherever we vacation, we always go to nudist beaches. And oh. now it's funny because now there's like floods of tourists trying to take over those beaches. And sometimes they come with their, you know, teenage sons and <laughs> on this rebel naked, you know, like in a position looking at them. Oh, yeah, you dare to bring your son here. All right. Let's see how this goes. Oh my gosh, this is- Protecting the nudist territory, yeah. Yes, and if you've wondered, ladies and gentlemen, of what type of stuff you can lucid dream about, so look, this is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tiasha, this is like, you're leading a really dynamic life already. You've come from like a rock and roll father. Um, do you think like- having a nudist parents and, or like and 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 being in the rock and roll scene and kind of like delving into this kind of hippy dippy stuff set you up on the path like was it inevitable that you were going to become this shaman woman leading retreats and walking <laughs> people through like medicinal vision quests like was it I mean that that's that's what it sounds like yeah that's really what it sounds like if you like if you tell my story the way you just did yeah me for my family, I'm really like, not that I'm a black sheep, everybody loves me and it's all lovey-dovey and whatnot, but I am kind of different. They are still pretty rational people, even though I do I do have to say that, you know, when I showed up one day and I was like, I'm a shaman woman, everybody was like, of course you are. I was like, wait, this is not weird to you? This is like, you're not surprised, you're not going to reprimand me or whatever, you're not going to criticize me? No, everybody was on board like as if the nudists all along and I, you know again I do have to say that there's like not so much of a step between acting and basically embodying different people in different dimensions and feeling energies and intentions on stage and yeah. you know um, lucid dreaming or other spiritual activities it's all it's like it's right there yeah well I'm sure you've I mean obviously you must have read the way of the shaman or the way of the actor right what is that what it's called the way of the actor the way of the shaman is the book about shaman life uh Michael Harner right right yes um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I did I did audiobook though uh-huh yes yes <laughs> but then the way of the actor was an I read this in college it was a very like well done comparison between what happens in shamanic practices and what actors go through in in, in or even taught in proper training. Um, I thought it was just a very I, I never thought about it that way before, but I definitely think I mean, if you were an actor, like should you should you go on an ayahuasca retreat? So. You know, this can be answered in many ways. <laughs> no, it's kind of a hard question, but like, I'm curious. Right? I think that what what's similar is that you are doing very similar things as a shaman as you do as an actor, but now you're fully realizing why you're doing it. There's an intent and there's an intent of healing or some kind of transformation. Yeah. Whereas as an 
actor, you're like taking, walking down a very similar path, but you're using this in a world of your character and of your story. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Do you, and, you think know, like, I, I mean, should a shaman be the best actor ever? Yes, in a way. Yes, in a way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you really read Carlos Castaneda, I'm just rereading um, Journey to Ixlan. Yeah. I mean, you know, Juan Matus, what is he doing? He's a trickster. He's always playing tricks and acting something up. He's a perfect actor in a way. He's always you, right there where he should be to execute on his vision. Yeah. You know, when I want to ask you something, it's it's kind of controversial, but I do want to ask. Okay. What, do you, what What is your take on the feedback about those books not being historically accurate? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you care? I think, <laughs> Maybe I think, you don't care. No, I mean, it's like when I read it, it resonates. Yeah. There's some wisdom. Um, there's something that I can learn from it. It's really fascinating. Um, I, I can't say that I can verify everything or reach it, but I have seen different glimpses and I think that it's a very interesting sort of shamanic tradition. And I wouldn't say that they're made up. I mean, okay, maybe he channeled it. Maybe he was, you know, really high and he channeled it partially, yeah. but I think that they are at least partially historically true. Um, and also that, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. I think that the work speaks for itself. I think that the depth of the work communicates um, and there's like knowledge to be transmitted through it. So yeah. that's what matters. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, I know that, um, I mean, they're really, it's an interesting piece of work. A lot of people are like, oh, it's just fiction. Some, you know, some people are like, oh no, it's, uh, that stuff definitely happened or it was, drug induced some of his memories of what was going on but then people say there's no recollection actually of a f- actual don juan and maybe don juan is like a combination of various different people he encountered um i always wonder but then i always think in general like the whole point is that reality is fragile so <laughs> what even is truth man like i don't know i don't know um how fragile like do you slip between different realities constantly you think yes yes give me a good example of that recently okay so we were at the lucid dream retreat and i was leading by the fire at night uh, and we heard coyote kind of nearby. Uh, we, I, I, I led the lucid dream induction, um. and I felt, you know, I would say I didn't lucid dream because there's a distinction when you sleep and you wake up in the dream, right? And you say, mm-hmm. "Oh, I'm dreaming." That's a lucid dream. But you can come pretty close by um, sort of like relaxation, breathing, different techniques. Um, and, and relaxation and also sort of like intention. And you can come pretty close to those dimensions, but I would say that then it's more astral projection or astral travel. So it was really interesting because in a way I felt completely embodied 
I know that a part of me is there in that recliner by the fire. I kind of heard the coyote nearby. But at the same time, I felt like my body kind of like parceled into three layers that then became like playing three different notes. And then I was in the space of, I was talking before basically about the Tibetan lineage and how Tibetans were, uh, Tibetan yogis were, uh, practicing lucid dreaming. They call it dream yoga. And right, right. they say this is important for um, basically for when we pass, for when we die, because then we are in a maze and we're all of a sudden in this like unknown dimension with different rules. And we have to come to the ultimate light, right? Don't settle for anything, but the ultimate highest, highest light, because otherwise, if you're going to go to a murky light, um, you know, you're going to go to something that's familiar, right? You're going to go to a familiar pattern that, that you've lived before. And yeah. when you choose a particular light, and let's say it's a murky one, that's your reincarnation. So they teach lucid uh, dreaming and, you know, dream yoga so that you practice your own behavior and choice making in this realm before, before you die. I was just talking about that. So, you know, after yeah, the yeah. three notes, doom, 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 doom. I all of a sudden saw two lights and one was kind of yellow and it seemed very bright. And the other one was like a huge kind of like wide beam of a, like this kind of a light, you know, uh, multidimensional crystal blue light. Yeah. And I yeah. said, you know, first I'm going to jump and see and explore the yellow one. And I went in there and, you know, like the more I was kind of like maneuvering it and feeling it out, I felt that it wasn't quite as pure. And I said, okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you. It was nice knowing you. Mm. And then I went into the blue one and explore that. And I found certain sort of like patterns or certain like energetic resemblances uh, from the people in my life or from my own life. And let's say types of connections or types of love. But I said, mm, this isn't the ultimate. And then I came out and I saw sort of like an amber crack in the sky, amber light, but also yeah. kind of like deep red. And I went in there and I thought of Carlos Castaneda, how they said that basically the, the, uh, the Nagwals or the sorcerers have a amber cocoon, amber egg. And yeah, I yeah. knew that, you know, like that was like a dim dimension in a dimension in a dimension, like really, really deep. I would have to like travel far. And in that moment, I kind of like felt sort of like this relation between my physical self and the wow. distance I would have to travel to go inside. Um, and I chose not to go in that moment because that would require of me a lot, a lot of energy. Plus I was basically leading a group. I needed to be here if something happened to them. So I didn't want to go quite as deep. Um, and then I said, but you know, what is the highest light? And I figured that I needed to emanate it. I need to pull it from my own heart. It wasn't, you know, out here in the space, you know, on a, on a platter in front of me. Yeah. I had to like shoot it out and then I entered it and explored it. Wow. So that was like a recent sort of, you know, sort of like going between the dimensions, in, you know, within uh, five minutes or less. What is that even? That is so abstract to me. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like scoring your story with my strange light set up here. Um, Cause you said Amber, I'm like, let me turn it to red. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> like 
Tiaja, I, I, I just, I'm so curious. When you're talking about going to these different directions, are, are your eyes open? Are you just like, is it like a void of color? Like for people that do not see in multiple dimensions, what are you seeing? What are you feeling? What are you experiencing? Like, can you come down to earth in your explanation so that me who's never explained this can even get a, a semblance of what you mean? Cause I really, I'm really kind of, I, I want to experience this and I don't even know what it almost sounds like you're dying and it's scary wow but, yeah wow um okay let me try to explain and there's there's different there's different ways so let's say this case in particular it was eyes closed there was like a little bit of a hypnotic induction and staring yeah. at the fire beforehand um but once you close your eyes and you feel some kind of there's usually some kind of a body bodily sensation. Sometimes, mm. you, sometimes I feel like there is, you know, energy circling around me and it, there's almost like this like helicopter feeling of my own sort of like vortex above yeah. me. Yeah. And then it literally goes like bah! and it shoots me out. This is like really, really, really when I astro travel or when I lose a dream. And that is absolutely terrifying. It can be because you defy everything that you know, everything wow. boundary. And then oftentimes in journeys like that, you will enter sort of like this interdimension, like a little, you know, cocoon between different layers uh, of total darkness. Yeah. Uh, and before either the universe calibrates where to send you, let's say that you gave a command, take me, show me, and it's sort of like open-ended and you just want to see what are the messages there for you. This can like last a while. And this is like, for me, this is the scariest part, but you have to, you have to be persistent and you have to kind of like believe in the light and that something good will be shown to you. You keep talking about this light, like what's coming at the light? What is the light? Did you see the movie, The Lighthouse? Was that amazing or not? Wasn't Robert Patterson great? No, no, look, I mean, what, what is the light? What exactly is this light that you speak of? Because when people say see the light, they think of death, though I also know the spiritual counterintuitive thing is like, nah, man, once you accept death, you get access to all the realms you didn't even think were possible. You become one with the universe, da 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 da, da. Like, like, can you, um, what is, yeah. should we be looking for this light? Is it the same light that people talk about when you die? No, I mean, yes and no. Um, light is a force in the universe. Light is, I, I imagine that, you know, we, exist in a dim dimension where the universe exists in a dimension where yeah. you have two factories. You have the factory of light and you have a factory of darkness. And now there's like a bunch of cables in between and they're talking. Mm. And all that happens in our dimension, in our universe is the conversation between the two factories. It's almost like a plus and a minus that creates electricity. It's this conversation. So light is oh. one of the primal forces that... Uh, has made you that is guiding you it's one of the polarities of where you want to align yourself to and with because that's how you will propel you know your own personal evolution and create good for other people um, and then obviously you have the other option but that's what the light is and you can experience light experience light in many different ways you, yes it's palpable or you can yeah. see it you can feel it um 
you can hear it too. Wow. You can hear it too. Yeah. So that that is the light. That's I was going to say you can hear it. I was wondering, like, why not like go towards the warmth? Why not go towards like the the pretty like the bells, you know? But the light, the light is such a visual. Um, and I imagine, you know, for each person, it probably does manifest in an individual way. And, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. You can't control it. Everybody experiences it themselves. Da, 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 da. Look, why can't I see the light? Help me see the light right now. Where am I going to see the light? I would love to. I, I, would, I would love to. I think it's uh, it's, it's so easy. Why <laughs> you think don't it's you easy? Try? Why, don't, why don't you try? Why don't you? Okay. So how about we do this? You come to either a lucid dream event or you come to a shaman event, you need this much of, uh, not even hypnosis, but this much of gamma or even alpha waves to get you into a, you know, in a state of relaxation. And then you can start these journeys with auto suggestion. You can start it with something that, you know, just sounds like I'm making it up. Yeah, start there. It's totally legit. It's totally legit. Well, that's definitely true. You know, uh, when I have hypnotized people before for, uh, you know, hypnotherapy and whatnot, like one of the things they tell you is pretend and then pretend you're not pretending. That's right. Which is like... It just as much. Yes, it's just like acting. It's just like acting. It's like if you pretend that your hand is stuck to the table, then you pretend that you're not pretending. You're much more likely to experience a hypnosis kind of a hypnotic phenomenon than if you're just like, oh, I'm play acting. Because you know, there is a difference between people that are actually like doing an acting exercise and people that are actually seeing the light. what do you think that difference is for people? Like, do some people get there easily, more easily than others? Like, what makes someone more prone to having a shamanic vision quest kind of experience? Uh, and do you need drugs? Because I'm kind of convinced you do. <laughs> like, 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 what is up with the plants? But yeah, like, answer the first question. Yeah, what is, what is sort of like, what makes people prone be more open to like actually seeing things that aren't in, I put this in quotes, waking reality. So first of all, it works like magic almost on everybody. All that you need, and this is if you read uh, Michael Harner, you know, it's like bump, 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 bump. It's constant beat. It's something mm. that's, that, you know, all the tribes all over the world have in common. This is what puts you in a gamma state, which is very close to your dreaming state, which is also yes. in a state of hypnosis. And then when you know what's expected in your journey, it's surprisingly easy to do it. And like I said, you can start from a place of auto-suggestion. You can start from a place of imagination. And then at some point, it seems like the, the, the dream or the journey starts driving itself. And then you no longer feel like you're fabricating it. But, you know, it opens up. It, it All of a sudden, it, it's like you're dancing. He or she is your dance partner. And at some point, it or she or he or whatever you want to call it starts leading. So wow. almost anybody can can get to this state. I have seen very few people um, that got stuck or that this didn't work. Maybe like two people out of a 500, 600, something like that. Yeah. 
That's amazing. And, yeah, and you need absolutely no drugs. But you know what? I do think that medicine plans are fantastic. They're fantastic for insight. And sell depending- me on the green, Tiaja. Sell me on that green right now. I knew the pitch was coming. I mean, I, who doesn't love the green? The green's great, but there's like so many other things too. And it really depends on what you need. You know, yeah. if you need to connect with your body and sort of like really figure out, and you know, it's really interesting because like as below, so above, as above, so below. So whatever your body tells you is correct for your own organism is in most cases true for the entire universe. Yesterday, a mushroom told me how an orgasm is the same as a goal and how uh, to to reach an orgasm, you kind of have to make love with yourself or with your partner, right? And the same goes if you want to reach a goal in the universe, you just have to make love to the universe to reach that goal. It's like, it? <laughs> I didn't realize this was going to come up on Facebook. Um, <laughs> and for all the listeners listening to this after, um, you, like, how would you, how would you practically make love to the universe in a family friendly uh, way? <laughs> like, um, how would you describe you know, that? You know, Is there a, actually, yeah. How would you make love to the universe? <laughs> I mean, you know, this is a parable, of course, but what it means is that you add love and attention to whatever you do and that you don't give up. You don't start pouting. You don't start demanding. Cause can I use the word orgasm again? Cause you know, yeah, that yeah. Isn't coming if you're being demanding and like, this has to happen. Well, same with the goal you're trying to reach, you have to keep adding and, you know, like finding new tactics and finding new ways and keep like loving it and cajoling it until you finally get what you want. But it's, it's an act of love. Yeah. How many orgasms has the universe given you? Oh, who would count? Wait, um, (laughs) physical or unphysical? And even, you know, both. Who would count? I'm a very lucky girl. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, well... Folks, this is supposed to be about lucid dreaming, <laughs> uh, but you know what? We, we're we're gonna, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that because um, look, I mean, all sorts of things are possible in in waking life and dream life, and maybe there isn't a difference. Oh, um, yes. Why did I put these fancy schmancy lights on today? Because. The shaman woman herself, Tiasha Fermi, is doing a lucid dreaming retreat in New York City, uh, Battery Park, right? Is that where you do it? Um, that's where I lead my shamanic circles and shamanic dreams, okay. correct? Um, the next intro to lucid dreaming and lucid dream induction is coming up on Zoom. You're doing a Zoom I- thing, that's right. Yes, that, that's right. So it's available to more people wherever you are. Your yeah. excuses don't matter. Come and lucid dream right now. Well, actually, this Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this Thursday. You know, we're going to put up the link for everybody to definitely, you should definitely check that out. Um, you know what? For my listeners, why don't we just really break it down? How would you define lucid dreaming? So it's a moment when you become conscious that you're dreaming in the dream, which means that there is a moment where you no longer identify with the dream. And it's, you know, interesting because I meet a lot of people who say, 
lucid dreaming. That's easy. I was born doing that. And that's fantastic. And I'm so happy that that is so for them. It has not been necessarily so for me or many others. But what's instrumental is how do you use it? Oh, yeah. Let's go into that. Yeah. Let's go into that. Because, you know, a few things that you can do in lucid dreaming is you can play with the components of time, space, quality, and then you can really get under the hood, under the skin of the, 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 the mysteries of universe and your own existence. So basically, you're limitless and you can ask any question and you can travel anywhere given you have the intent and yeah, energy. Yeah. Energy is really important. But basically, you know, this is the place where it's not about, oh, ha, 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 I'm having so much fun in my lucid dream. I totally know I'm lucid dreaming. Great. So what, like, what do you use this for? So, yeah. you know, were you adopted? Do you maybe want to know who your real, real parents are? Uh, do you want to know why you're here or what's your mission in life? Do you want to go and visit your soul family and see who in your, you know, 3D life is from, is currently incarnated from your soul family? Or you want to see why the universe exists or if it's like a simulated, simulated reality. You know what I mean? The big questions you can ask yeah. the big questions that's what lucid dreaming is for wow wow that's a great answer that was an answer that was pretty close to two dimensions so that's good it didn't go <laughs> you didn't jump too much of that which i appreciate is that my criteria is that my criteria today i have to scale <laughs> down to two dimensions now because i'm like kind of following you but i'm like i don't know who else is also i'm not even sure i am at times but i'm okay with that this show is like it's a theme park for your brain. That's like that's what the open loops thing is. That's what cognitive orgasms. There yeah, we go. We just want to oh. have the rise and the okay. Well, look, the point is this. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, there have been a lot of cognitive orgasms so far, I think. Um, but I will tell you this: I am curious what the line is. Like, how deep do you go in terms of an introduction to lucid dreaming? Because you know, everything I know, I know the rudimentary stuff, like the dream journal, the um, doing the checks, like like occasionally through your waking life being like, oh, I am not in a dream right now. I am in like the, like those little, like, there's certain like checking to make sure that you're in waking reality so that once you do see something off in the dream, then you notice it. I mean, first of all, is it as complicated as that? And second of all, how much deeper do you go? in terms of getting people to ask the questions of the mysteries of the universe? Yeah, no, that's a totally legit question. And you won't be asking, um, you know, mysteries about the mysteries of universe for a while. It's, uh, it takes training. It's, yeah. it's actually it's cognitive training, like, uh, like, like meditation is cognitive training. Um, it's about figuring out your own triggers, your own patterns, um, undoing the patterns and then slowly sort of progressing into, so, you know, in lucid dreaming, you can, you can train certain things. That's Mm. one thing. And, you know, certain people, you know, there's, I think there's like a whole trend how they, they, uh, train like Aikido in lucid dreaming and special kicks, uh, or, you know, let's say that you're a mediator, negotiator, or like a salesperson and you want to sort of like, you know, figure out what, you know, like, what do you fuck up in your pitch? You want to like, you know, hear a a replay of yourself. You can do things like that. Um, and that's like very practical. 
or you can travel. And yeah, um, and you know, in the intro about lucid dreaming, this is what I'm going to be talking about, what all you can do, that I'm going to be talking about a few exercises that you can do uh, in your waking life to sort of like ingrain this habit of checking in on, on yourself. Am I dreaming? Am I awake? Yeah. You know, looking at your hands or looking for incongruities in life. That's, that's some of them. And then basically I'm going to induce a lucid dream. And what we're most likely going to get to is like a very relaxed state where people start seeing different visuals. Mm -hmm. And what I'm going to be leading you towards is sort of like, how do you deal with those visuals? How do you pay attention? You know, how do you, how do you drive it? That's yeah. sort of like the intro step. And then and it takes practice. Then it takes practice. And um, a lucid dream coach. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. How long does it take to like become a master, you think? Like, is this like a six month dedication thing? Is this like a two years? Like, what are, what are some stories you've had of people who've learned to do this? I think... I think we all live in a 3D world where we have to deal with other things, not just lucid dreaming. We have jobs or, you know, we just have like bills. We have to file taxes, whatever. Yeah. There's, there's stuff. And if you really want to dedicate to lucid dreaming, I mean, like everything else, it's elusive, right? The more, the more you try to capture it, the more it runs away. Mm. Um, so it's a matter of balance. And, you know, I had my first real breakthrough uh, and a crazy mystical experience, how did I, you know, like three months after I did the course, which wow. I would consider, I would consider, you know, like super early. I was like super lucky and I haven't had like such a powerful experience since. Do you lose a dream every night? Could you? No. Um, no, no, it takes, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of focus. Who can? Have you met anybody that could? I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe people who say, I know I'm dreaming, but like I'm having so much fun. So I keep dreaming whatever comes. That still means that you're in some way uh, identified with the story and you're not really using the lucid dreaming what it's for. Mm. And like you couldn't really well me you know maybe some people who were uh, you know raised into this starting at eight seven eight and people who like live in the jungle or really grew up with this you know maybe they can they can lose a dream every night but like i know for me and for yeah. most people that live in this like urban world there's too much distraction there's in general energy depletion and uh, it, it'd, be, it'd be hard to lose a dream every night. I really <laughs> wanted to ask you about the urban world aspect of what you do, because while this uh, retreat Thursday night uh, is going to be, on, or this introduction class Thursday night is going to be on Zoom, um, you're doing like retreats in the city and shamanic circles in New York City. And my question for you is this. I've read a lot of articles in the past couple of years about people bringing back ayahuasca to New York City and doing drugs and, and medicinal herbs, medicinal, uh, doing medicinal vision quests in like Brooklyn apartments. And I'm wondering how in the world are you even approaching the experiences that you're going to get when you're actually like with a shaman in Peru, in New York? Um, that's a fantastic question. To be perfectly honest, 
I don't do any medicine in New York City. Mm. I was entrusted medicine of a very special Mayan lineage, but I don't do it in New York. I do it only in special places, let's say. Um, and the connection with the spirits of nature and of the elements are crucial when you do work like this. It really has to be sort of like, you have to be in a pure spot with pure intentions, knowing what you want and where you're going. And I wouldn't recommend that you do this anywhere because you're entering, um, we, we live in a really dense city, especially in New York City or Brooklyn. Yeah. All these apartments have histories. This is all crawling. This is alive on the astral planes. And you can be, you can be encountering so many entities that are not recommended at this level to, to, to play with. What I do do in New York City is shamanic circles, healing sessions, uh, without the medicine, because I think that what people in the city need is sovereignty. They need to be able to hear their own thoughts, to connect with their own selves, to connect with uh, the ground, ground themselves. Uh, and this is something that we can do, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm really wondering, like, are, <laughs> like, what is, uh, when you're doing a, a shamanic healing session, like, are you in, like, uh, you know, uh, on one of these wellness centers? Are you bringing people to the park and, like, uh, yeah. you're bringing, bringing people to the park? I'm bringing people to the park, yeah. What Would kind you... of healings have you done in the park? I need to know right now. Like, all kinds. Drum rattle uh soul retrievals spirit releases and you've done a soul retrieval in a new york city park oh goodness yes yes i mean this happens this happens (laughs) what spontaneously sometimes uh crystal stuff and it's 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 beautiful actually the whole universe conspires to it it's amazing i i'm surprised myself um yeah i thought i was going to be really tired you know sometimes i do uh, eight private sort of like cleaning 20 minute sessions uh, of participants before we even start a circle. And I love doing it so much. It doesn't, it doesn't make me tired. It's a total miracle. Uh, I'm very yeah, blessed to be- How do you event. make that happen in New York City? Like you're talking New York City, it's difficult with the, the you know, the density and like the, the history of the buildings. I mean, why do you think the spirits are, le- is it because of your Mayan uh, lineage or, you know, like or your connections? Like, uh, why do you think the spirits are letting this woman, shaman woman of New York City, Tiaja Fermi right here, why are they letting you get away with miracles in New York City parks? Okay, I'll tell you, it's very simple because I ask them permission. I ask kindly. I ask for um, their cooperation and their blessings and they know what my intentions are. The intention should always be for the highest good. Uh, The intention should always be for the lightness of the person that I'm working with, Um, for the light, evolution, all the beautiful stuff and the spirits support that. What time of night are you doing this? Are we talking like 6 p.m., like rush hour? Like when are you? 
<laughs> I mean, it's not it's not like I'm doing it on, you know, like a Penn station. I'm doing it in a <laughs> That's park. what I want to see. And I think you should rebrand yourself and your entire experience. Oh my God. So that I would be doing it like on the subway, maybe even to the to homeless people. Oh goodness. Oh goodness. Oh yeah, we have dreams for you. We have aspirations. I'm lucid okay. dreaming this tonight. Yeah. Um, I need a city grant. I need a grant from New York City subway system and I'll go and I'll help all the poor souls of homeless people suffering down there. Do you think you could? Do you think you could make the homeless people all healed? (laughs) Honestly, no. No. Really? That's good. I'm glad you're not that. It would tear me apart. It would tear me apart. You're out there, but you're not that out there, which I appreciate. It would (laughs) haunt the fuck out of me. There is like so much of hungry ghosts out there. And, you know, like I'm also just a human, uh, you know, feeling the natural feelings, um, having fears and sometimes boundaries. Even yeah. though I'm a daughter of hippie parents. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, like, <laughs> let's go to the extremes of shamanism for a second. In Don Juan's, in the uh, the uh, Carlos Castaneda books, um, there is talk about turning into a butterfly. Um, there's talk of just, like, suddenly, you know, being in Mexico and all of a sudden, like, having a full-scale vision quest with out seemingly any formal hypnotic induction or drugs at least explicitly talked about like it's almost as if Carlos Castaneda describes like being dropped into another world um have you ever experienced that have you ever turned into another animal or have you actually like all of a sudden from a shaman been dropped into another existence without any drugs or formal hypnotic induction So, uh, yes and yes, both conditionally. The second one, less conditionally. Um, There's very simple methods. You know how as kids, we're just kind of like lay down on the grass and stared at leaves or stared at clouds. That's that's hypnotic. And somehow after some time, when you're really just like looking at that, your assemblage point shifts, your perception shifts in very simple terms. And you are dropped in another reality quite suddenly. Um, and that shift is subtle, but powerful and, and visible. And anybody can do it. Just persist, stare, stare. That's a really, 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 really good method to get into things. The things will suck you in and let, let them suck you in. So that's for the second. For the first one. I don't even remember the first question. I just got sucked into something. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The first question was if if I ever became an animal. So I like, you know what? So if my friend was next to me and if you asked her, did Tiasha disappear and did she become a crow? She will say no. Uh, But if you ask Tiasha, uh, did you ever feel like you became really became an animal and i'm gonna say yes i had two instances and you know if the second one hadn't happened recently i would have completely forgotten about the first one in the first place Mm. but um i was a woman jaguar when i get really 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 angry uh it's like i remember when i first moved to new york city somebody pissed me off and i look 
I run every day. That's my daily practice. So I remember like sprinting and park slope and really yeah. my claws and feeling my teeth. And recently sort of like I was awakened in the middle of the night, super kind of like, and I, I felt that I felt that energy. Um, so, you know, conditionally to some degree, yes, I was engulfed by a spirit animal jaguar but did I look like a jaguar? No. Um, is it not possible that somebody else might transform themselves in an animal and I can observe that with my vision, you know, with my 3D vision? Um, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I was going to say, have you ever experienced a shapeshifter? No, no, not in this reality. Not in this reality. I, huh. I don't know if it's possible in this reality. I would like to believe so. Yeah. What did the drugs do? <laughs> did, oh. Well, <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. What did the drugs do? Um, whack you out. Whack you out completely, or I'm speaking for myself. Um, very what were you hard. like before the drugs? And then what happened after? And I, and I mean, like, the I'm talking peyote. I'm talking ayahuasca. Like, I don't care about your you know, Brooklyn yeah, yeah. weed Sunday afternoons. I'm talking about <laughs> what happened before and after. Like, where were you then and what came out? So I think, I think that, um, you know, plants, plant medicine is fantastic when it feels like you have come to a wall and you can't see past it. And it seems like you're doing everything right in this in this world, in this reality in your life. And yet you somehow feel that you're blocked or you're not seeing everything or yeah. things are not unfolding as you want to. And I think that that's always a good point to consider a, a plant teacher medicine. And that's what I did in 2018. Um, and what it did to me was, first of all, it whacked me out of my own body and I was in the spiritual dimension where it felt like I'm literally sorry I'm gonna use that unfamily friendly word again I was in the folds of big bang it sort of felt like I was in the yeah. orgasm of the universe orgasm um, of the universe Interesting. that's right that's right and then I I feel like I exercised many of my demons as if like, you know, like little parts of my body opened up and, you know, like the grid A1 open and G5 and, you know, like all these little demons came out and exercised themselves. And when I came back, I was just like pure and able to connect with the ground again and, you know, able to connect with the beauty and the subtle with the light <laughs> and the love. Yeah. And I feel like the big difference between before and after was that I was, I feel like I was, I was exhausted and I was stressed out trying to live a life on a hamster wheel. And basically me doing the medicine was deciding to get off the hamster wheel. Um, and then, you know, like now trying to basically like becoming a shaman woman, or that's one of the things I started doing after that. And sort of like connecting, um, the grid of multiple dimensions and and bringing this to people. I was going to say, like, where did you go from pursuing acting and just trying to be a performer to like doing this? Because you've kind of melded both worlds with uh, your theater company where you're doing this um, almost, I mean, it reminds me of what Antonin Artaud was trying to do. Like, <laughs> like ritualistic theater, like really like, 
the theater of the unconscious in a way, which I love. Um, I love that stuff. But I'm wondering, like, was there a point where you were more ego driven? Like, I'm going to be an actress. And then you were just like, whoa, there's so much more that art and theater can do because my brain's expanded. Or was it a different journey? No, absolutely. Yeah, I think that definitely, um, you know, I always felt multidimensional on stage, but, um, and I was driven by this wanting to be possessed or like looking for ecstasy. Um, But this sort of like, you know, drive of, you know, trying to make it and this like hamster wheel of auditions. And yes, absolutely. This like ego driven sort of like system we live in that was really getting to me. Um, And I think that the plant medicine sort of like revealed this like, plane underneath that really drives me because before I was able to describe it I was like oh you know I'm chasing ecstasy I'm like I want to live in this multiple dimensions that's why I want to be on stage but it sort of like revealed more to me after the medicine and after the ritual how important it is to sort of like always be be aware of the sort of like um ritual in life or a transformational point in life or that you know like life is a ceremony and that ultimately you want to get more people on board and you know lift up the level yeah what do your theater productions look like today (laughs) (laughs) Um, so our big theater production that we did was called the female role model project and so we talked i wanted to kind of like explore consciousness uh and as a channeler as an actor channeler, I always felt like I'm very different when I'm different people. Like when I'm, I'm different when I'm Lady Macbeth or when I'm Catherine from Taming of the Shrew. It's like yeah. my perception is different. My thoughts are different. I, 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 I have access to different information. So I kind of wanted to measure consciousness. And I was interested in how these different women influence us. So I paired up with... Um, Gretzner CUNY and Brooklyn College with their cognitive neuroscience team. And I got a couple of sponsors on board of EEG devices. So I got Emotive and BrainBit. And then we basically devised the whole performance around that, including a cognitive neuroscientist on stage interpreting our and audience members activity um, and like doing it in a really interactive format. So I'm interested. That's what I'm interested in. And sort of like in connecting the old ancient and, you know, like, innate of the body and of the science because people seem to believe science a little bit more but I think it's about the overlap yeah yeah that's that's definitely why you're on this show I'll tell you that oh my gosh (laughs) like that is like everything that is yeah that's so that's so weird and and um it definitely like I am I'm very fascinated by that idea of bringing the two worlds together especially since like you've described to me things that are like totally like I know a lot of people listening will probably be like okay Greg who is this person you brought on like what is she talking about da, 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 da. but on the other end you're like no we actually got like neuroscientists involved with a project that I did and I'm actually like exploring like EG stuff and I'm like what where does this come from but you're multidimensional. Um, do you think you surprise people sometimes, Tiaja? With like, like, do some people think you're one way and all of a sudden you just like lay science on them and they're like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been just what happened to me. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what is that? Like, how do you, do you consciously mess with people's perceptions? 
Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. No, that's totally my signature move. That's my favorite move. Um, you know, to, to, I'm, I'm not going to be able to quote, but I can kind of paraphrase what Carlos Castaneda was saying in Journey to Ixlan in the words of Juan Matos was, you have to forget about your personal history because your personal history defines you. The people, the way they see you, that defines you and it informs you back. It's sort of like, you know, a feedback loop. And I hate that. I hate feeling that a person sees me in a particular way and I see that I start fitting the mold because I feel it from them. So mm. I love sort of like, you know, busting the mold. And yeah, that oftentimes comes through shocking or provocative actions or, you know, like consciously yeah. flipping tables around. Um, but I think that's good. It keeps everybody on our toes, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I provoke. My, my friends are brave people. <laughs> I my entire life is based on provocation for amusement. It is um, I think yeah. I figured we have that in. Yep. <laughs> Which some people might say maybe maybe I'm downplaying uh my value in life though. I'm not sure I am. Self-doubt constant constant. Ah. Um yo, this is like this is uh I, I I'm very interested in Tiaja's world here. And if you want to experience more of the world of Tiaja, look, you've got these events. You've got the introduction to lucid dreaming coming up on Zoom this Thursday night. That's Thursday, October 8th. Um, and you're also doing this retreat. What can people expect in the retreat? People can expect hard work, like really fun and interesting, but hard work. Are people going to cry on the retreat? Wow. Yeah. 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 I think it's perfectly impossible. I think that people will bust again, some of their own personal myths about themselves. I think that this is where the journey really begins. When wow. you start looking at yourself uh, from, from different eyes and you're able to sort of like rewrite or redefine yourself. What about a TV show called like Soul Mythbusters? Where you just like, Ooh. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, see what I'm you see what I'm getting at? Is that our next conversation? <laughs> That's the collaboration. Somebody out there, pick up this pilot. Pick it up. My ego. <laughs> I um, love it. <laughs> yeah, no, this is interesting. I mean, I really love, uh, you know, really love talking to you. Tell us, you know what? Um, you're going to be lucid dreaming. How is that different than astral projection? Also for my listeners, because I do think it, they're, they're, they overlap sometimes, and you've mentioned both, but we've got lucid dreaming, which is being aware that you're dreaming. And then does astral, can you become an astral projector once you master lucid dreaming, or is it like totally different? All right. So this is how it works. Astral travel and, as, and lucid dreaming is the exact same thing, except for that lucid dreaming occurs within the dream through the realization you're dreaming, and then you go. And the astral travel happens from an awakened state and with the intention to go out. Um, lucid uh, astral projection is kind of a, I'm not gonna say in between thing, but it's very similar to astral projection, uh, to, to astral travel, but you don't actually 
physically go there, you kind of like shoot it out. It's a projection from your third eye. So it, you imagine that it's like a little submarine going out and you're looking out and seeing all these different dimensions, but you're not actually physicalized in your astral body. Do you actually see your body? You you do the thing. I mean, I have a friend that does this regularly. He astral projects. Do you actually see yourself like you actually look down on yourself? Is it that kind of thing? You you can. But like when you were asking me before, how do I perceive things? I perceive things as one big eye. Usually I am just my vision. And occasionally I can, you know, if I want, I can see my hands and, you know, then they do their own goofy thing. Um but how does Zoom work for you? We're on Zoom right now for everybody listening. Uh, how did like the Zoom mess up the third eye? Um, no, you know, a lot of things work past these boxes. You know, a lot of things, most of these things actually take place in quantum fields. Um, and these boxes are basically just as much of a barrier as we make them. Um, but yeah, it's much more comfortable and for human beings to connect in person. There is something to be said about physical presence. That's mm. what grounds us, that's what roots us. That's how we're used to connecting deeply with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. Wow, this is all, there's a lot circulating in my head. There's like a lot of, but that's good. That's what I love. Um, yeah. Wow. So you are the shaman woman. Now, look, I know there are other women in New York City, for sure. Um, statistically, that's true. But also, there are other shamans in New York City. Uh, why are you the shaman woman of New York City? Like, is that, are there others? Could others come up to you and be like, I want that title, give it to me? Like, what is your, you know, like, you claimed it? You are the NYC shaman woman on Facebook, that is. Mm -hmm. Um why you? Is there somebody else out there that should have that title and you know it secretly? Or are you the shaman woman? So I am the shaman woman because I have the vision and I have the sensory field. I'm My... like, this is like campaigning right now. I'm campaigning for you. <laughs> and I'm playing with your campaigning. <laughs> um, I, I, I think that I really see and people who have worked with me um know that I work um deeply and yeah. across multiple dimensions and um I'm hard to scare and sometimes shamans want to like look at each other and scare each other off and I'll be the last one to hold my ground oh okay so look we've got soul busters but I have another show idea right personal now. power Let's get all the shamans of New York City in a park, and I want you all to just stare at each other, and yeah. all, and and we'll see who stands there the longest. And you say it's going to be you. And also, I want to say, um, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to brag. <laughs> no, I know this is. Like, I'm editing this egoic no, talk. I, I have, you know, I have a really interesting combination of sort of like Slavic roots which is, you know, Slavic mythology, it's very polytheistic. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, you kind of like, I, I was, I, I studied Carlos Castaneda since I was 13. Oh then God. I studied Hinduism and Tantra also since I was 13. Then I, you know, added my 
sort of like Mexican ground root shamans with the Mayans, the plant medicines. Then I went to Guatemala and studied with sort of like quite a a Kabbalic tradition uh, kind of teachers. And then I have my Tibetan lineage. So it's like a lot of schools mixing. And I think that that what's compelling in this work is um, finding the patterns and really seeing how things align and sort of like broadening perception so that you can fit all of these schools of thought in and then use it um, in, a, in a whatever works wow. sense away, whatever works for you, know, you personally and whatever works for me right here, right now and whatever needs to happen and feeling all these elements running through us uh, and really being present. And all of this is is what 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 do you need to to make a personal change and to to transform and to transcend? Wow, I I think something just worked for me. <laughs> I think whatever that last speech was, like you got my vote. I'm gonna mail in ballot for you as the New York shaman. <laughs> uh, make sure they get it. And the, the other thing, okay. Final question for you before we go, before we wrap up. I by the way, I've loved this. You definitely have to come on again. We gotta we gotta go more oh, into I, more Thank into you. the story. So playful. I love it. I love yeah, it. yeah, no, this has been very fun. This is very fun. Um, you've lucid dreamed and you've confronted the mysteries of the universe. Can you just tell my listeners right now? <laughs> you're asking you're asking the questions about the mysteries of the universe can you give my listeners one answer we all have all these questions about the mysteries you must have asked for some answers the meaning of life why are we here are there others out there i need one answer from lucid dreaming about the mysteries to just clarify whatever the heck it is is going on one answer please tiaja please so all of us all of us yeah, have yeah. been here since the beginning of this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of this is encoded in us. And if we want, we can access all of the information. Time is like a crest, like a wave in a crest folding into itself. And then oh. we're always in the present moment and this is enveloping us. And we can always access all of the information. Nietzsche was right when he, he said, he said, whatever happened once happened forever or resonates forever. Everything's imprinted. Oh my gosh. You are, you sound like Matthew McConaughey now and I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> This is amazing. That was I a good answer. An actor. Does he have videos on this kind of stuff? <laughs> I just feel like his, yeah, yeah. when he talks, uh, yeah, whatever that movie was. Oh, wow. um, yeah, yeah, Interstellar. Um, oh, now, oh, yeah, I just watched that. Maybe, 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 maybe. Maybe you just did a monologue from Interstellar and we didn't even know it. Um, <laughs> no, that was... <laughs> That was fine. I wouldn't even know it. <laughs> no, that yeah, was good. Family. Are you um are you in contact with Ashtar? Or Ishtar Ashtar? Ishtar? Ishtar. Aha, the goddess. Ishtar has many names. She what about also up there in the aliens. The aliens up there. Ashtar, I think, is the one that uh talks to people. Do you do you talk with the uh, interdimensional beings? Ishtar, I think, Ishtar. is the goddess, is the Sumerian goddess okay. that was later yes. on also called Isis. And, yes, yes. Uh, in Egypt. Egypt. Yes. yes, yes. I'm more connected with Hathor. 
Uh, and for that, I actually had to had to sleep in a meditation room, which became my bedroom for about three weeks with a huge skull of a cow, a holy cow from Egypt given by, by as a gift by a shaman, very important shaman. Um, but yes, yes, I am in touch with both of them. You're in touch. What's the deal? Are we going to get our UFOs coming to the earth? Is that the great awakening? They're here already. They're here all along. You just have to like open up your eyes to see them. Do you know aliens personally? Like, have you met people walking around in human form that you're like, this person's not from this galaxy? Yes, yes, actually. Uh, I, I was thinking about it a lot last week. I went to Whole Foods and there was this one woman in front of me and I was like, there's something, there's something about, and then the next day I was listening to a podcast of Elizabeth April that talks yeah. a lot about sort of like, uh, you know, interdimensional aliens, crossbreeds, et cetera. And I was like, oh yeah, right. That's, that's her. That's her. Really? Mm -hmm. Do you, are you like a clairvoyant too? You got the psychic stuff going on? Mm -hmm. What? It, <laughs> really? Oh gosh. Yeah, it's, all, it's, all, it's all interconnected. I mean, if I, if I want to really work with you and heal you, I have to be able to see. That's what I meant before when I said that I see things. I, I see things in people. And that definitely comes from like, I mean, yeah, maybe it's encoded in me, you know, your memory. I don't know. Is the universe yeah. really that mysterious and that tricky? Or I see uh, patterns in people. Oh, gosh. The inevitable question. What are you seeing right now? What are you seeing right now? What's the pattern? What do I got to sort out? What do I need your lucid dreaming introduction to sort out for myself? Confident. Let's hear it, Tiaja. I need Confident. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really have to sort of like stop, stop looping. Stop looping. Trying. But yeah. that's what this show is. <laughs> no, it is. Oh my goodness. Right. No, but don't stop with your podcast. Okay. Do not. You're doing such a fantastic job. But don't try to explain everything rationally. Don't try to attack everything from from sort of like looking at it and thinking about it first. Approach things experimentally, experientially. Oh, you're so right. You're so right. This is the answer they all give. You know what? All these spiritual people, it's the same thing. They're like, Greg, you are a spiritual person and you're just on the edge of it and you need to go all the way in. Like you need to like, they're like, you are, look at you. You're so interested in this stuff and you're using the rational mind to push away. But really you are like, you're about, you're so close, man. You're so close to seeing these things that we see. And like, like that's the, that's sort of the overwhelming message I keep getting from people that I interview. And for you to echo that is, uh, it's telling. I mean, I just feel like stop being the reporter from the edge of the world just like jump off the cliff. That's wow. the time. Trust that you'll come back and then you're going to be able to tell the story first person. Okay. So no more reportage. You're the lead. You're the leading actor. <laughs> wow. You tied it together. Transforma theaters. Transforma theaters. Tiaja for me. Shaman woman. New York City. She's leading retreats, ladies and gentlemen. She's doing shamanic drumming in Penn Station right out of work. Um, no, nah, she's not. She's doing it in the park. She's got the Art of Lucid Dreaming intro and introduction, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard this Thursday, October 8th. And I imagine if you can't make this one, you're going to be doing a lot more of these. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Just 
follow me on Shaman Woman NYC on Facebook um, or contact me somewhere, somehow, I don't know, Instagram, and I'll put you on the mailing list. That's the most awesome. consistent way of telling people what I'm up to. But there is something coming up every week and it's usually Saturday, six to 10, or now that it's getting dark and chillier, we might start a little bit early. But if you want yeah. to plug in, that's your time. Yeah. Wow. Well, are, do you have to social distance when you're interacting on the astral plane? <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no masks either. You heard it here, folks. Tiancha for me. Thank you so much for coming on Open Loops. I really appreciate it. You're Thank amazing. you. This was such a fun time and such joy connecting and talking to you. You're brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Anytime. Wow. Stop the live stream. That was great. Tiasha Ferme. What a force. Did she win your vote? Did she win it? You think she's the New York City shaman? Well, certainly has an, uh, a good case. She has a good case. I buy it. I'm very curious to do retreats with her when I go back in the city. I'd love to experience what that is. Um, I'm glad that she doesn't, you know, I mean, so many, so many other people that call themselves quote unquote shamans are offering me drugs in the park. I mean, you know, if you want to have a shamanic experience with tons of cocaine, you, you definitely could. It's not the same thing. I hope you enjoyed her. She was awesome. Definitely hope to have her back. So much fun. Tiasha Firme, thank you for coming on the show thank all of you for listening may you all have sweet delicious lucid dreams for the rest of your days take care everybody